This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I got to say. All right, I know you're excited about uh, this choice of uh, your big Pointer Sisters fan. I am a big Pointer Sisters fan. I've always been a big Pointer Sisters fan. So Yeah. Do you know which one of the Pointer Sisters you like the most? Uh, the one in the middle. The middle one? Yeah. Yeah, she was, like, she was the tallest. Now, do you know what this song is? Uh, yeah, it's called uh, I'm So Excited. Yeah, because you can read it off my phone, <laughs> which is right here. Well, I think I know the, I know the chorus. It's all this I'm so it. excited. There oh, that was actually perfect. All right, enough of that. Um, so the reason why I had that song on is because I am so excited today for this podcast. As you should be, man. This is like the best podcast we've done in a long time. We just finished doing Scott Stratton, too. Well, yeah, Scott Stratton was the best. Scott Stratton? Scott Stratton was the best <laughs> podcast we've done in a long time, too. Um, you know what? They're all so, the best. Sometimes I think we've got to, yeah, if you ever go back through, I was actually looking uh, at some of our archives, you know, we've done over 60 of these things now. Um, and we've got some <coughs> phenomenal interviews. Oh, yeah. Just not phenomenal interview skills. No, I think we're pretty getting better. We're, we're getting, getting better. better. That's it. And so today, uh, you know, we, we had Scott Stratton and we're like, gosh, that was really great. How do we top? How do we top Scott? You know, and then we went to Todd. Um, and uh, <coughs> Nick's going to cough up a lung. Okay, go ahead. Um, but, uh, you know, he's an epic uh, faculty member this year, 2020. Yeah. Amazing. I can't wait for that. Um, just saw him speak actually in Toronto at an event. He was great. I've gotten to know him a little bit over the last uh, little while as he uh, will let you know in the podcast how much he knows me. He, I, said, he actually said I know Stu pretty pretty well. He says he doesn't know me well. No, nope. Called you Mike. Called me Mike. It's but my it's my alter it's actually it's, my it's alter ego. ego, which is funny that he said that because you actually have told me that before, which is hilarious. Um, and Mikey is in the room, which is great too. So let's learn a bit about a little bit about um, a little bit about our guest today, Mr. Todd Herman. Um, he is the creator of the multi award winning leadership and skills development program, Ninety Day Year. Author of the Wall Street Journal best-selling book, The Alter Ego Effect, The Power of Secret Identities to Transform Your Life, and recipient of Inc. 500's Fastest Growing Company Award, as well as the Rama Award for Wisdom and Leadership. Todd's professional programs are delivered annually to over 200,000 professionals in 73 countries. Named by the Boston Herald as a training superstar, Todd has been featured on the Today Show, Sky News, uh, CBS, Entertainment Tonight, and The Business Insider, among others. Originally a Canadian from Alberta, Todd grew up on a large ranch where he developed a healthy dislike of chicken coops. Todd now lives in New York City uh, with his wife and three young children and is currently the world's worst ukulele player. He hasn't heard you play. No, exactly. He hasn't heard you And uh, I will tell you, when I was at this event in Toronto um, a few weeks ago and I saw Todd coming out of this event, um, talking to other people who had seen him, there was almost a level of anger, not at Todd, because they couldn't get more of Todd. Mm -hmm. um, and his book, um, The Alter Ego, we both read it. It's fantastic. Um, and uh, I, I was just jazzed for this. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fantastic interview, and he's such a smart, smart guy, and looking forward for our listeners to hear it. Yeah, I think what we're going to do, actually, is Nick and I talked about it, and um, it's about a, we think it's about 40, 
a 45 minute long interview with him um, and we're going to kind of like divide it into two. Yeah, I just think it's a smart thing for us to do. I know you agree just yeah. because there's just so much content and knowledge for people to take, right? Divide it into yeah. two and then you can to digest it. Yeah, to, digest, to digest it. That's and it. he kind of went off on some different different yeah. uh, paths and I we didn't even really get much into the alter ego. Yeah. That's just some By other the book. Yeah, really really good stuff. And then actually funny enough, we don't have it on we don't have it on, but at the end he said, oh, guys, one more thing. And oh, yeah. Something for you, too. Yeah. yeah, and we just got this great piece about... Um, rituals. Rituals, as opposed to habits, um, which is really interesting. So uh, without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with... Todd Herman. The author of The Alter Ego Effect. All right, we're so pumped up today to have uh, our friend Todd Herman on the podcast. Uh, Todd, thanks for coming, man. I, I always want the elongated Todd. Yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important. <laughs> it's, well, it's just like a menacing. It's like, all right, something's going to happen. What is going to be? <laughs> well, you got Darth Vader behind you there too. So um, I know. We'll, well, we'll get into that. Actually, there's there's a, there's two major reasons why he sits up there. Is uh, he new? His... Is he? Did you recently add him to your? No, no, no. Well, he's always been behind me. I just changed up the configuration of kind of like my studio and like where I film right. things. Last yeah. time I skyped you, I don't remember him being there. Uh, so close right. to you. He was he was hauntingly sitting off to the side. Right on. So as uh, our audience heard in the intro, uh, I won't go into that uh, too much. But Todd, it's super. I know you're busy and you got a lot of things going on and you're uh, you're in demand. Um, so I won't. We won't. We want to get right to it. Um, but I, I do want to give a little background uh, to the audience, more like rather than the bio background. Yeah. Um, kind of like the, the the Todd Herman origin story, like you know, mm-hmm. like that. What is the uh, Marvel origin story of Todd Herman? Um, you're in New York City right now. I know that, but like, yeah. let's go. Let's go back to like the elementary school years, and no, not too long, but just like, what did it all start? What's Todd? My story? El- my elementary school. I like to put up my elementary school uh, size uh, against pretty much anyone else's. So the town I grew up in is Schuler, Alberta. I am a farm and ranch kid from the southern part of the Texas of Canada. If you're an American, we are filled with mm-hmm. uh, gas, oil, mm-hmm. and uh, cowboys, farmers, and ranchers. Um, that's sort of our big claim to fame. But uh, my town of Schuler has a population of about 96 people. It's probably gone down since I've left. Mm-hmm. And my school, kindergarten to grade nine, had a total, I think when I was there, maybe the biggest you know, school size was 65 kids, half of which were relatives of mine, so cousins, and so there wasn't a lot of dating that was going on, nor nor should there be in elementary. And uh, yeah, you would have got your hand slapped if it was. So I, I grew up in a really really small town. Even in the uh, forward to my book, uh, not even the forward, but the uh, the dedication I say to all the people who grew up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I don't mean that as a cutting comment because I love where I uh, came from, but. Yeah, I was a massive extrovert, sort of trapped in this world of middle of nowhere on this big farm and ranch where I was the third boy. And uh, anyone who is a farm farm kid uh, that has to do hard labor work, you know that if it's a three-son job, typically it's a fairly terrible job. Mm. And it uh, meant that my two older brothers made me do the worst of it. So I didn't develop the affinity that they did towards the farm. And I was a massive extrovert, wanted to be around other people. And I was eight years old, could take you to the exact spot in the pasture of one of our uh, cattle pastures where I was like, you know what? I'm going to live in New York City. That's where I think I should be. I should be around way more people in a big city. And uh, voila, I'm here and raising uh, three little kids and now a new little puppy, Bosley, as well. 
Yeah, eight <clears throat> years old. You wanted to be in New York City. Yeah, I just uh, it was, I felt like a bit of a fish out of water in some ways. Like I just I, I I needed I liked the juice of other people. I liked meeting other people, talking to other people as a as a young kid. Come by it very honestly from my mom, who can strike up a conversation with anybody. Uh, so yeah, mm. I just that I could I I it was such a uh, point of clarity in my life of that that's the place I'm going to go. Right. You know, it's interesting, Todd, like you, you say a point of clarity. The two things that I'd really love to focus on uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes is the alter ego and the 90 day year. Um, but yeah. How did you get to 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 that point where, you know, I mean, your, your book is phenomenally, you know, um, a phenomenal success. The 90 day year is a, is a phenomenal, successful program. Mm -hmm. uh, but how did you get to a point where you got into that type of coaching and that kind of like high performance type coaching and, and like walk us through the journey to, to get to where you are now? Sure. So I'm not going to go long into the whole origin story, but uh, you know, I was uh, a, a young kid that loved playing sport. Any chance I could get to be on a sports team, played lots of sports. Um, I think being the third boy uh, allowed me to develop a, a level of, say, mental agility and toughness that I needed in order to navigate against kind of two older brothers who could beat me up at any time. So I had a pretty smart wit, and. Um, I was also a really small kid. I didn't have a, I didn't hit a growth spurt until I was in going into my grade, uh, grade nine year. And I was always the shortest kid around, but I always had this kind of like gritty personality, um, kind of no quit, which my brother would always say about me. Like we, we tried to get rid of him, like all my friends, but he would always kind of find his way back to us sort of thing. And, uh, and I kind of loved that sort of part of me and, but my mental, my sort of my mental game was always my the best part of me, just my attitude towards things, because I wasn't going to beat people physically necessarily. And um, you know, I ended up playing um, high school football, um, getting college scholarships, playing uh, college football. I was also a nationally ranked badminton player, and loved all the different sports, loved all the kind of cross pollination of ideas that I got from playing many different things. But when I got done playing, I was now volunteering at a high school in. Uh, I, now I was living in Edmonton, Alberta. And I was volunteering at a high school in Sherwood Park, Bev Facey High School. Shout out to all the Bev Facey. I've spoken at Bev Facey High School. Oh, have you really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bev Facey Falcons right there. Yeah. So uh, I was working with the defensive backs because that's what I played. And I would spend more time talking to them about like, listen, like you need to prepare better. You need better routines because, you know, like many athletes, good on the practice field, not so good in games, or they would lose focus and concentration or something. And so I'd give them all the tools that I had uh, used. Plus, going through that process, uh, Mike, I was just, I was fascinated with this idea of the six inches between the ears, this mental game stuff, and uh, just consumed as much as I possibly could around how to navigate it, like what I should use to develop it better. Um, some of it was out of pure necessity and need. I'm not going to go deep into it, but I had this like really traumatic experience that happened to me when I was 12 years old. I was, you know, sexually assaulted by two two men. Very open about that. There's no shame and guilt in it. I carried that shame and guilt long enough mm -hmm. that I don't need to carry that stuff anymore. It wasn't my fault or anything. I was at a church camp and over the course of a couple of days, and so I really got into like navigating the stuff between my ears out of pure necessity to survive. And it ended up giving me, like many times traumas do, traumas end up, if you don't hunt for it, uh, you're missing out the gift that they give you, which is there's some sort of cape that it gives you. Um, there's some sort of superpower that you develop from it. For me, it was a high degree of compassion for other people and why they might be challenged to not be able to go and pursue things the way that they want to. 
Um, not that I look at everyone as wounded. I think uh, that would be a mistake because you you end up, you know, maybe reading too much into why someone is doing something, and maybe it's just because they lack the skill or something or whatever. But anyways, I was working with these young kids and giving them some of my mental game tools that I used, and they started getting great results both on the field and off the field. And then that just spurred a bunch of other parents to ask me to mentor their sons and daughters, and then that cycled me up. And uh, I started to build this practice. And it was uh, my my original pricing was seventy five dollars for three sessions. The first time a parent asked me, I didn't know because I, I wasn't even thinking yeah. it was a business. I said, uh, and they said, well, how much would you charge? And I said, uh, I don't know, seventy five dollars for three sessions. That sounded like an that sounded like an insane price to yeah. to give someone. Plus, they were in home sessions. And if you know the landscape of any large metropolitan city in Canada, typically it's got a large footprint. Mm-hmm. And so I was bouncing. You know, I would. Uh, meet a kid at like three o'clock here, spend an hour with him or 45 minutes. Then I'd go to my next one at like, you know, four 30 and have to drive a half an hour and pretty much, you know, just race through uh, photo radar areas um, <laughs> to avoid tickets. Um, and uh, yeah, but I stayed that way for three years and it gave me a lot of reps. It gave me a lot of hours working with uh, young athletes that were really good. And, um, but I am to get to your point. Uh, that's kind of the story a little bit, how I got started, but, my parents told me when I was leaving the farm uh, back when I was going off to college, they knew that I wasn't coming back. I wasn't going to pursue a life in the agricultural world and knew I was going to come back. And But they gave me really great advice, which was whatever you go and do, we're probably not going to have the skills involved. We can we, we help to shape character and integrity and everything. But um, whatever you go and do, find whoever is the best find the best and go and tuck yourself underneath their wing. And so that's what I did when I started to get traction on this hobby business that started to get going for me. I was reading all this other stuff around sports psych and mental game stuff. And a lot of it didn't make any sense as a, a, as a player, I was like, if I did that, that's going to make me think more or I'm going to lose confidence. And, uh, but there was one guy, Harvey Dorfman, he's known as the Yoda of baseball. He, literally wrote what I think is the Bible of the industry, coaching the mental game and worked with all major league baseball players, all major league baseball teams, but he was very pragmatic. He was very gruff and in your face, swore like a trucker. Um, and I reached out to him and just cold and just said, Hey, listen, like I, I'm new to this industry and you're the only guy who's making sense to me. Can I come down to North Carolina where you live and spend you know, some time with you? and I'll organize your files. I'll take things off your plate that, you know, would stop you from probably writing another book or talking to more clients. And we got on the phone and he was like, you're not going to live with me, kid, are you? (laughs) And I said, and I said, no, no, no. I've got an aunt and uncle who live down the road. I can stay with them. I already talked to them. And he's like, after some back and forth, he was like, all right, let's do it. Now I lied. I didn't have an aunt and uncle, um, but there was a motel six about five miles from his place. And it was $28 and 50 cents a night. And that's where I stayed and I didn't have any money whatsoever. Like I was broke and I, but I went down there and I spent uh, 33 days with Harvey and, um, on the eighth day, Roger Clemens, uh, this is 2001, Roger Clemens came in and, uh, you know, came, came and did his annual pilgrimage, pilgrimage. This is in January. And, uh, next day, Andy Pettit, next day, Craig Biggio, all these like superstar athletes and Harvey invited me to sit in on the sessions. So I got to see the number one guy at the craft work with, you know, Roger Clemens is argued as one of the greatest 
baseball players, top five, top 10 baseball players to ever live. Yeah. And so I got to see what his real challenges were, which were very different than what I would have expected. And um, yeah, and so then Harvey started funneling uh, pro athletes towards me because he didn't have the capacity and uh, was very kind to me. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of how it started and uh, and then allowed me to start developing better and better processes and systems, taking them from people that were smarter than me. The Authentic Entrepreneurs are brought to you by Hey, it's Stu Saunders from the Epic Community and the Authentic Entrepreneurs. I just want to jump on here real quick and let you know that this May 2020, we're running the Epic Community event again. It was such a success last year and an incredible return ratio, 100%. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what those who were there, listen to how they feel about it. My brain and my heart are so full. It has soul. And I think this is the start of something very special. It's been real. You won't be disappointed. Blown away. Absolutely flawless. Perfect. You know that you're just around like the most amazing humans. Great experience, great people, great minds, great dis discussion. One might say, this is epic. That is just a sampling of what people thought about the Epic community. So do yourself a favor, go to theepiccommunity.com, apply to be a member, and join us this May 24th to the 27th in Toronto, Ontario. I'm curious, Todd. When you left, uh, when you left North Carolina, and you're driving back. What was the what was going through your going through your head? Like what like what did you you're, you must have been just so full of knowledge and like just like in awe of these like you know yeah. these high perform like we're all seeing them on you know we're all we're all seeing them on TV and they're million you know millionaires over many times mm -hmm. and so what's the one thing that, what did you take from Harvey that you walked away you're just like this is the nugget like I mean I'm sure you, I know he's given you so much but like what did you take what was one of the things that was in your head that when you drove away and like okay our sessions are over this is how I'm going to pursue going forward a uh, couple things um, one I was terrified <laughs> uh, terrified that um, I wasn't going to be able to hold up my end of the bargain uh, because Harvey had already sent a client towards me. Wow. Okay. So that was one. Um, two was just how if you want to be world class, it, it comes down to um, just a, a few uh, really, it's, I call it the FDD um, focus, dedication and the discipline to stay focused and dedicated. Uh, and, you know, if you're someone who bounces around from a lot of stuff, there, there might be an origin story that's being developed there where all of a sudden some cataclysmic collision between two worlds comes together because you've been cross-pollinating across a bunch of things and then you create this new thing um, that innovates an industry or something like that. So that might be okay. However, um, if you're bouncing around through a lot of things for a long period of time, uh, you know, you, 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 you might struggle. You, you might have a long struggle in life. And uh, now, having said that, there's always, because I don't like when people just prescribe a certain path in life. Um, I think Colonel Sanders is a great example. He was a guy who bounced around a lot and then, mm -hmm. you know, had a lot of success <clears> at the end of his, at the end of his life. Um, but he still got focused and dedicated towards just serving up fried chicken. 
Yeah. Right. So there's so many. Uh, that was a big thing. That focus, that dedication, and then the discipline. Because one thing I noticed in the conversations amongst some of those athletes, most of the stuff that Harvey was helping them with wasn't actually stuff on the field. It was typically managing the mess that happens off the field with, um, you know, spouses or family members or agents or other people, and managing really it came down to relationship stuff a lot of it was relationships how do i you know because relationships are typically our number one stressors money or st money or relationships and uh yeah so it was seeing that side of it yeah. and then just that focus and that dedication uh and but the the discipline was the hard stuff for people mm -hmm. just that discipline and it's real i just find it really i was talking to someone yesterday about mindset and i hear this a lot of times just because of the world that i that i that i've operated in for 22 years because i started my practice in in 97 yeah. right at the end of 97 and uh and so uh i hear people say well people pay for hard skills they don't pay for mindset stuff and I'm like, well, you're talking or soft to the skills. Wrong. They call it soft, or soft skills. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's because you're talking to the wrong uh, uh, target market. Yeah. Because here's what I know. That's literally the only thing my clientele cares about paying for because everything else is almost like a commodity. Mm -hmm. Learning how to do something that's a, that's, that's a skill is easy, but learning how to think and then staying disciplined on the thinking. Wow. Is that ever challenging? And so elite people pay for the stuff that the non-elites won't pay for. Ah, yes. So if you want to join a world that is something that you look up to or want to operate inside of, then you need to start investing your money into the same things that they are investing their yeah. money into, yeah. which are different. Like it's not like when you really, uh, I'm just, I'm fascinated by um, the universe. I'm fascinated by, you know, the worlds that people create for themselves because there are 7 billion different worlds on this planet. All of us, it's my own world. Okay. And I'm fascinated by the paradigms that people operate through. They create sometimes gravitational pulls that keep them stuck in a world that keeps them average. One of them, a paradigm that the world nowadays, because it's a super, um, hot topic or it's a great virtue signaling device to other people to make you appear as if you're, as if you're being real is the term authenticity or authentic self in their root form authenticity or authentic i i, I love the idea i love the word and i like the definition of it in the practical application of leading a life has no use to me whatsoever mm -hmm. because now authenticity or authentic self or something like that have become memes and tropes in society to virtue signal to other people that you're just being real in the moment and whether you can can't take it or not that's that's on you mm -hmm. yeah. um when really it's because you know no you're, that's just you excusing away you being an asshole yeah. you know yeah. and and you lacking the skills of knowing how to relate to other people who don't think the same way as you you know, so you had to authentically tell that person that they were an idiot for eating meat or that they were an idiot for voting for XYZ person right. or whatever. No, no, no. That's just you lacking skills mm -hmm. or being triggered emotionally because someone isn't like you. It's like one of my great, <laughs> one of the things that chaps my ass, you know, to use a farm term, um, is, is people with this uh, idea of you need to get, you need to stop hanging around toxic people. 
Um, and if you've got family members who don't believe in you or don't blah, 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 then you need to just only surround yourself with people who believe in you and encourage you. And I'm like, really? Is that, is, is, cause really that good luck in life, finding a world where only that group of people exists. Now, you know, Stu, I, cause I know you better than, than Mike so far, but you know, we, we definitely want to surround ourselves with like real quality people, sure. but that doesn't mean that I only pursue people who think the exact same way as me or who don't challenge me constantly to level up my ideas or challenge me to level up the way that I operate or challenge me to, you know, develop a, a new set of skills to help me navigate other difficult relationships. Cause if you really want to ascend to the top of something, here's the reality. You're going to meet a lot of Darth Vader's along the path. Yeah. You know that's okay. Yeah, that that's the problem. If you surround yourself with the same narrative, just your narrative, yeah. that that's the same. That's the problem with social media, right? Is that it yeah. feeds you the narrative you want to see, it, and it, the platforms exactly the platforms give that to you now. So if right? you're and if you're leaning right, you're only going to see right stuff. Left only left stuff. So you that's the world. You don't get challenged. You don't get you don't think there's yeah. anything else out there. So you're right, they're wrong. Which is yeah. if you want to run a business as an entrepreneur, you've got to accept the whole community, the whole world. Right? That's how it works. It's not just yeah, one. And uh, I was talking to someone yesterday, and he, and he brought something up that I've been a, a big fan of. And I think for entrepreneurs, as a core quality of what I see and have experienced through, you know, I've been very fortunate to be able to work with, you know, top level athletes or entertainers in Hollywood or Broadway, you know, especially being in New York, just my access to people is, is, is a lot easier or executives or entrepreneurs. But um, a, a, a quality of successful, I think, people as a trait that they have is um, this attitude of curiosity, yeah. of being very curious. Mm. And, um, and instead of the, you know, sort of judgmentally saying, well, why is that person doing that? I say like, I wonder, I wonder what would cause someone to have that set of beliefs. And then actively being curious as a lab technician, as an anthropologist going, I wonder what that's about. And then learning more about the person. And then you can sit there and go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense as to why that person felt so disenfranchised by the current political landscape that they would definitely look at Trump as being the savior to them, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to just what, brushing that person off and saying, well, that person's a racist. Well, yeah. no, that's not the case. Cause I know people who voted for that guy and they're not racist people. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's it's a very like this sort of whitewashing that people love to do nowadays. It's just again, I'm a mental toughness guy, and I just think that's so that's just a mentally weak individual. Yeah, no, that's great insight. No, you're, and you're, I 100 percent agree. All right, we're gonna leave it there. Uh, I think it's a good place to stop the interview. Um, I know Nick, you and I. I mean, I'm, I I was looking at you write notes. Um, and uh, you know, what was the first, what was the one of the things you took out from the beginning of the interview? Like, what are the, what are the things that you kind of grabbed out of that? It was like like learning how to like to think and stay consistent. When you uh, talked about consistency, like you know, and I think that that's the that's the big thing that I that rituals. I, yeah, rituals. I mean, he ends up with that, but like yeah, I think that the consistency, staying consistent with your with your habits, and which is what something we talked about in last week's episode, yeah, exactly. actually, yeah. um, about rituals. Sorry about uh, consistency. I apologize. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's just a great guy, and you know he, he made so much time for us. So and it, it's so much we we 
kind of thought, and I recommend going back and listening, listening to the whole thing again, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe tee it up for our next week's episode, which will be the second half. The second half of the interview, and I think they're going to they're gonna get, you know, they're gonna, our, our listeners will get so much out of it. I know we did, and I think that's why we wanted to break it up, just because he brings in so much knowledge, and he comes at you like a fire hose, right? Like, he's just a passionate guy with what he talks about and what he does, and he's such an expert in his field. So. Which is why I'm pumped for him to be at Epic, because, you know, one of the things that I want from Todd is more takeaway like I want to more like to work help me work through stuff yeah and one thing we've talked about a little bit um, before today uh, was was him actually wanting to give us takeaways yeah Olympic. yeah exactly so I'm looking forward to that it's gonna be great and you really loved that 90 day oh man that 90 day year was a game changer for me like yeah. I, I apply the 90 day year to my everyday existence like all the time and still do it today and I've taken a lot of online courses that you know I get something out of but yeah. this one is the is the one that I implement in my family life in my business life and you know my life in general just everything so let's make sure you um you tune in next week to hear uh the next episode a part two of the todd herman alter ego effect episode uh, and much more than the alter ego effect yeah. um and actually next week we get into that a little more deeply we certainly do um so uh, until uh we connect again don't forget to um download subscribe like share share wherever podcasts are um, liked and shared and subscribed too. Yeah, all the, all the everywhere, platforms, man. including YouTube. We're yeah. on YouTube. And in case you want to look at, uh, we talk about something that's in uh, Todd's background in his studio, uh, which you'll need to see on YouTube. Yeah, to we're really not going to tell you what it is. Yeah, so just uh, check that out. Until next time, uh, I'm, I'm Stu Saunders. I'm Nick Foley. And keep being authentic. Like that exit. Thank you for listening to The Authentic Entrepreneurs. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, keep being authentic.